welcome to podcast #realtalk2.0. So hello everyone, welcome to our football talk today. So I Ritish Balsingil. I Jamaraj Balsundaram. Who are your moderators and who will also act as your speakers today? So Jiva, I know you as a Liverpool fan, you must be very happy and delighted uh, for your results on last Saturday. That's a Liverpool yeah, fan. Yeah, I'm very. Yeah, yes, I'm very. I'm really very happy. And I know that you are also a Chelsea fan. I'm yeah, very sorry. I know your emotion. Well, of course, it's been another FA Cup final defeat. It's three years in a row now. And of course, we've lost the same League Cup to Liverpool on penalties as well. But it's all right. I think we have to move on for now. So, Jiva, talking about the FA Cup, it had me thinking, you know, Liverpool has such a big team, as a, such a big European team. What are the differences between uh, our local football and global football? What do you think are the key differences? So, basically, uh, in my opinion, I think it's uh, because of the quality of the football. Uh, in Malaysia, I think, uh, uh, for example, it took me as an example. Uh, three years ago, I went to a stadium near, nearby my house to watch a game between PKNP versus KDP. I think the people who attend the stadium is like between 1,000 or 2,000. People are nowadays, uh, Malaysians, especially Malaysians, uh, don't want to spend so much money for that type of quality football. And same goes to in global football like Liverpool. Even though Liverpool play against uh, Norwich, uh, Norwich City, which is a uh, 20th place in the Premier League, people, uh, the stadium will be packed. So that is the difference between the local football and compared to the world football. True, I totally agree with you. I also feel that part of this could be down to the funding, you know, because if you see in global football in Europe, football is a very huge thing. It's, it's honestly like a part of their daily life. Everywhere they go, they discuss about football. So it's a huge passion and uh, really, like I mentioned earlier, it's, a, it's part of their life. So I think because of that, they are able to generate a lot of funds and also they have the audience and market there for football. For example, if you look at Malaysia, when you go to the stadiums like what you've mentioned earlier, there are not enough spectators who are viewing all these matches, which in turn means there are not as uh, many, there are a lot of passionate uh, football fans in Malaysia for sure, but there are not many passionate local football fans in Malaysia because if uh, the fan support is uh, huge because when you have enough spectators, you are, you are able to sell a lot more tickets and from that amount of tickets, you are able to generate more funding for your team to improve the stadium, to improve uh, scouting, to improve the management. So I feel that's also a big part of the uh, difference between uh, global football and also local football. Do you agree, Jiva? Yeah, of course, I agree with it. So then, not only because of that, uh, I think the, uh, yeah, as you said, the people uh, nowadays, uh, Malaysians, especially Malaysians, uh, don't want to spend so, uh, so much of money. And if you go to the YouTube, and almost every Liga Super match is actually uh, published by Unify TV. If you, if you notice, more than... 40,000 people, 40,000 K or 30,000 K watches per match. But in the stadium, it was half or third quarter empty. So I, as you said, I think that is the problem. People love True. football. In Malaysia, people love football, but not love the local football. 
True, true. That's very true. And of course, we can see the difference between a fan base like Liverpool, of course, yes. who has millions of fans around the uh, globe, and we have one here as well today in, in Jiva, of course. So, talking about that, I would also like to talk about that the massive gulf of difference in the quality that Liverpool have and City have asserted in the Premier League. They are, they are just that two teams which is way ahead of the other teams like Chelsea in third and also uh, currently uh, Spurs in fourth and also Arsenal in fifth. So, what do you think? Why why are these two teams so uh, be able to create such big a uh, massive uh, difference in quality in the Premier League to stand them apart? Not only in the Premier League, I mean even in Europe in the Champions League, we've seen uh, earlier in the season, City have gone to the semi-finals and Liverpool are again in a another Champions League final. Why do you think that's the case, Juva? So, in my opinion, I think there I there got three main reasons. First, manager. Second, squad depth. And third, it's a transfer. Okay, first, uh, first we all say that Liverpool as Jurgen Klopp and Manchester City as Pep Guardiola. This, this both both of these managers are very good with their tactics and with their formations. Both of the different style of gameplay, but still many many teams cannot penetrate them. And the second thing is actually uh, squad depth. So this is very important for a team. If uh, like Liverpool or Manchester City who playing like 60 matches or like more than 55 matches in a in a single season they need to have a good squad depth like for example if someone get injured you can still de- replace them with the same qualities like before uh, the like player who get injured for example like uh, in 2017 and 18 uh, liverpool only depends on mohamed salah in in the final of the Champions League, Mohamed Salah get in, uh, getting injured in 33, 33rd minute and forcing to a uh, change, and Liverpool was uh, all the Liverpool players are uh, like losing their confidence, and the game is actually won by Real Madrid. But the same thing happened two days or three days ago again uh, in the FA Cup final. Still, Mohamed Salah forced to uh, to exit in a 33 minute, 33rd minute, and. Liverpool didn't lose their confidence because of their squad depth. They changed Jota for Salah. So, which Jota is still a good player. I mean, he has a great season this season. So, squad depth, again, our squad depth is very important. And the third is their transfers. You need to spending uh, spending enough money. I mean, spending good money for uh, great players or performing players. You cannot spend on uh, underperforming players. And also, the players should fit your system. And I think this is the main three reasons why Liverpool and Manchester City are great now. Sure, sure. I truly agree with you. As you've mentioned earlier about the Salah thing in 2019 and now, of course, we've known that Jurgen Klopp has tactically coached a team into uh, Liverpool into becoming mentality monsters. As we know, they never know when they're beaten. Of course. So, now, is I would also like to relate this not only to the coach, I would also like to relate it to the structure of the club and the ownership. It's very important, as we've known earlier, like uh, when Sheikh Mansour brought over Manchester City and he won them the title just four years later, uh, four to five years later. And now they are challenging. Uh, they've won. Uh, they are almost going to win their fourth Premier League in the, uh, in the last five seasons. So, of course, ownership and structure of the club also plays a big part. And, of course, we've seen in Liverpool as well as FSG ownership. So, this is the difference. I feel when you have a good ownership with a clear direction as well as a coach that can match it, your club can reach a different levels of uh, different heights in what they would like to achieve as a football club. 
So I feel this is this is why I feel there's a clear difference uh, between a club like Manchester United and Liverpool. But before we go there, I would also like to address on the part where you talked about the transfers. So I feel the transfers is important because FSG, they make very smart and very analyzed transfers. And you do not go for very high plays or whatsoever. As we have seen with what they have done with the Coutinho sale and with the money they generated from that sale, they've been able to purchase players like uh, uh, Van Dyke and all that. So Van Dyke, Fabinho. And of course, the money that they have reinvested into Liverpool, they have made great returns of it. They've won the Premier League, they've won the Champions League. And now recently from in this season, Jurgen Klopp has completed the full set. He's won the FA Cup and he also has the League Cup in his trophy cabinet. So, not now I want to talk about how uh, how would, I feel United could benefit from uh, a change in ownership. It's not, I don't think it's uh, my personal opinion. I feel this, uh, what many United fans feel as well around the world. As we can see the difference between Glazers, of course, and the difference between uh, club uh, on uh, Liverpool, Sorry, excuse me. The owners of Liverpool, such as FSG, and also Sheikh Mansour from City, and also previously Roman Abramovich in Chelsea. So, uh, from this, I want to talk about what, how has this is could this be the reason that has caused the downfall of Manchester United? It has been almost a decade since they've won a league title. Could this be the downfall of Juve? Could it be down to the ownership, to the management? Of course, there are many factors. What, what would you say is one of the main contributing factors for the downfall of Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think, as you said, man, the management, the Glazers are the main problem for Manchester United right now. So, for example, I choose JDT. So, JDT's owner is actually everyone. And he's a football fan. I mean, he's a football lover. So, he know when he buy JDT, he know what need to do and what the which step will make JDT look better and he go with the correct path and his success with JDT and that's all and that's the same thing need to do by Glazers for Manchester United when Glazers uh, took over Manchester United on that time I think Sir Alex Ferguson was there as a Manchester United manager so they still uh, they, he's uh, of course is a technical masterclass so he can he, he can do like with a he can do best with a with a player they have so they need to they no need to buy a good player also and of course they buy Cristiano Ronaldo and many other players so since after Sir Alex Ferguson was uh, retired and uh, then uh, I don't know who is the one do you remember Hirtish who is the one who has become the manager after Sir Alex Ferguson. I think, yes, current... I think it's David Moyes. I think it's David Moyes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. For best manager. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. Uh, so David Moyes, when David Moyes took over, they buy very uh, so many quality players. Like like the Glazers are the one who need to uh, spend the money uh, for their manager's need. Okay. So when they buy, like they buy like Alexis Sanchez, like they buy for uh, like, more than millions, like the the money is very high, and, and they need they need to know that their position, their formations, their tactics, and they need to buy the players according to their strategies. So I think Glazers, Glazers, sorry, Glazers, sorry, uh, Glazers should be aware in this type of situations. 
they need to know more about football in my opinion i think so so what about I, you i totally agree with you of course there's been an ongoing conversation from united fans i mean this is not what i feel of course this is what we've known of course these are just rumors but we have to address it there it has been a rumors that have been going that glazers have no idea about how the club has been going they have no idea about uh, how football works or what the offside is of course this could just be jokes and whatever but from what we have seen of course you can't just entirely blame it on glazers as well maybe we could say that maybe the uh uh the success of uh, alex ferguson in his final years of his career maybe have overshadowed the ownership of glazers but I'm not talking about based on what I feel. I'm talking about based on what I've seen. Many United fans want Glazers out. So, could Glazers actually be the main problem? Of course, it could be just one of the contributing factors. I would not want to point uh, major fingers of any one of them. Of course, all due respect to Glazers. But moving on, uh of course, not uh besides Glazers and all that, we have to talk about their transfer decisions in the market as well. As we have mentioned earlier, Liverpool have made a lot of smart transfers, but what about United? They spend eighty million on Pogba, eighty million on Maguire, seventy million on Sancho, and if you look at it, these players haven't really brought in the results that United really want. And of course, I'm not saying that they are not good players. Of course, we have seen the quality of Pogba when he plays with Kante in France, and of course, we know Maguire when he plays for England, and of course, we know how Sancho played when he was in Dortmund. So, could it be a problem, a United problem? Could it be a management problem? Could it be a culture problem in United where? There's a mindset problem that needs to be addressed. I feel it could be that decision as well. So, of course, it also can be down to not backing managers, as uh, we haven't mentioned earlier. Although they have spent a lot, but it doesn't mean that they have backed the managers. As we have known earlier, during uh, Mourinho's final few months, he before the season started, he was begging the board for a new centre back. Of course, I wouldn't say the board did not back him. The board did give him the players he wanted, but when he Asked for a player, for a defender, and also a central defensive midfielder. He got Fred, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he hadn't gotten a centre back that season when he wanted. Of course, he did manage to sign Bayi the when he first arrived at United. Of course, they backed him in that. But after that, when he wanted to acquire a new defender, he wasn't backed in the market. So this could also be another problem for it, you know, Jiva. Yeah, true. The transfer they they need to spend on the. Uh, uh, On the perfect player, for example, yeah, as you said, uh, Mourinho is begging for a defender. They go for a centre midfielder. Fred is a, Fred's natural position is a centre midfielder. So I think, uh, personally, I think this is the main problem in Manchester United. First is of course transfer, and the second is players' mentality. Manchester United, half of I mean half of their main players, not half, I think three or four of their main players are actually. Uh, England's main players like Luke Shaw, Ray Maguire, Jadon Sancho, all of them. Like, and they need to. Uh, of course, they will have uh, good chemistry. They play for club and country in the same. I mean, same club and same country. But when you see in the Manchester United game, they didn't have that enough chemistry between them. So I personally think they need to have the mentality to win the games. And personally, uh, for now. Only Cristiano Ronaldo has that mentality in Manchester United. Other than that, I I came again for the transfer part. So, for example, for example, uh, Manchester United's formation is actually four two three one, which is a pentagon midfielder. 
I mean, two holding midfielders and three attacking midfielders, basically. So when you want to buy a players, you cannot go for a natural center midfielder. You should go for a holding midfielder or offensive holding midfielder. Okay, but they go for Fred. And actually, of course, Fred is a very good player. I didn't say Fred is a bad player. He's very good for Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, if I'm not wrong. He's a former Shakhtar Donetsk player. And also for defenders, they go for one Besaka. When you use two holding midfielders, you only have four attacking players in the in the opposition at opposition third. When you buy a, a player, I, I mean a defensive fullback, you didn't have the power to penetrate the opponent's defense. You will always, uh, like one Bisaka cannot go for attack like Trent Alexander-Arnold or Reese James. So they should go for a perfect replacement, like, uh, I mean, perfect transfer. They, they, they should know what is their need, what is team's need. Okay. And I think that's how. Sure, of course. I agree with you. This is why I feel that they need to back the manager because the managers are the ones that bring the ideas to the team. So if you do not back the manager and his system, you, how are you supposed to find a player that fits? You, you can't make the decision for the manager. Of course, you need to back the manager. If you don't get the players for the manager wants, of course, you're not going to achieve the success you want and build a team with the mentality and also the tactics that will work for the team that a manager wants, like I've mentioned earlier. Like if you see a team like Liverpool, how they have spent uh, in this previous uh, winter transfer window, they have signed Luis Diaz. Of course, you know, it wasn't for a major fee, but look at how he has performed. He has been one of their major key players. If I'm not mistaken, he was the man of the match for the uh, League Cup final against Chelsea and the Lucian FA Cup final against Chelsea. He was the man of the match again. So what is the difference? Why players like Harvard and Werner needs two, three years to get uh, used to the Premier League to adapt when a player like Luis Diaz, who comes from a Portuguese league, I won't say it's le- uh, less competitive, but uh, if you uh, look at the seedings from the European leagues, he's not one of the of course, it is uh, considered one of the highest, but if you compare it to the La Liga and the Bundesliga and the Premier League, of course, it's not up there. But a player like him could come from that league and could straight away adapt and could be integrated into Klopp's team. It just shows you how Klopp has a clear vision and an idea of how he wants to play and a system that he wants his players to adapt to. And he knows that the play- which players could- that he needs to acquire to carry out the system. So, of course, it will take time. I'm not saying it won't take time, but we have seen with United, it's been a decade and nothing much has changed. And this season is their lowest point season in the Premier League, if I'm not mistaken. So, I feel United, maybe they do not have a solid foundation in the moment. Maybe a mass exodus is needed. As what Ralph said, maybe 10 players needs to leave. Of course, that's down to the manager later on, uh, Eric Ten Hag. And some may say Cristiano Ronaldo is the problem. Of course, he's not the problem. He's got 20 over goals this season. It's the problem is with the foundation such as the defense and the central defensive midfield. You know, I feel uh, it's important for United to build a solid foundation from the basics at the moment. It's just like what Tuchel did when he came to Chelsea. Chelsea were leaking goals, but when he came into Chelsea, the first thing he did was he tightened up the defense. And then look at Rudiger. He's now got a transfer to Real Madrid. What a player he has become. Look at Thiago Silva. He has all, he's what we call a Rolls Royce. And of course, uh, players like Chalabar, regimes are also coming up. So I feel a solid foundation is needed and also maybe a no-nonsense manager is needed like Sir Alex Ferguson. Maybe Alec, uh, Eric Ten Hag could do the job or whatever. So I feel United need a solid foundation, Jiva. 
yeah as you said it's actually uh that's the two thing happen in a uh, manchester united so like uh as you said uh when when tuchel come to chelsea he didn't have the defense and also the, the same quote stated by the sir alex ferguson former manchester united coach attackers can win you a game but defenders are the one who win you the trophies so defense is the main i mean defense is the main part you need to repair first so for, for now i think manchester united need a replacement for harry maguire or maybe harry maguire can perform next season who knows any any magic can happen so other than that as i said earlier uh, uh, people uh, i mean players mentality and also players i, I mean players need to know what they need i mean uh, it's a game i mean uh, including uh, 11 players not of one so if you win 11, uh, it's because of the 11 if you lose it's because of the 11 you cannot blame at one one people also when whenever we see uh, like a mistake from harry maguire when they when they uh, put the finger on him look closely when harry maguire loses his position no one is going to cover his position back like in liverpool or uh, chelsea or manchester city like for example matip goes uh, goes to up with the ball fabino or either fabino or anderson is going to cover his place so that is the main thing you need to have as a team because you're going to play as a team and th- this is also an important point that if you want to repair yourself if you want to post postmortem yourself for manchester united they need to do this to they, they are currently a fallen giant so they need to wake up means they should polish these small mistakes sure i would agree with you and of course i feel we can go back to the point earlier such as the importance of a good ownership and a good clear vision by the owners that can back the manager this leads me to uh chelsea honestly so we've seen chelsea in, uh, after roman abramovich era of course you know many many said that uh, chelsea's success has been bought with money and all, all of course i might be biased i'm a chelsea fan i don't mind how much we spend billions or not as as long as we win titles i as a chelsea fan of course i'm going to enjoy it i don't care what people say if my cl- club is my club has won two champions league city hasn't won one you know they have been choking in the past few seasons so i'm going to back my team till the end but let's get back to topic when we talk about abramovich he He has spent lavishly since he came to Chelsea, and when he arrived at Chelsea, FFP was non-existent. The financial fair play. This meant that he could spend how much he want, and he could do whatever he want. But the difference between how much how he spent and how United spent, there's a clear difference. You know why? Because, as Mourinho said, when he came to Chelsea, Abramovich asked him who are the players uh, he wanted. You know, he asked him. He asked Mourinho. You know, this shows that he cares for the club. He wants to know what the manager wants to do, how the manager wants to play. So this is very important, and of course we've known Roman Abramovich is a real huge Chelsea fan. As like what he has done, uh, for this agreement with Todd Bowley, you know the new uh going to be uh soon to be Chelsea owner, of course. That he has even inserted uh an sort of an anti Glazer clause into uh, the agreement, which meant that the new owners cannot extract any funds out from the club for ten years. I mean, just look at how much uh Abramovich cares for the club. You know, you you can say whatever you want, but for uh for him to just write off a uh, 3 billion uh uh pound worth of uh money 
for the club that he has owned for the past two decades and just signed it off like that, including, uh, including uh, to include an anti-Glazer kind of uh, clause into the agreement with Todd Bowley. It shows you how much he cares about the club. Of course, he had a habit of you know sacking managers after these few seasons like Carlo Ancelotti. You know, he won the league and he won the FA Cup in 2010. And of course, after the next season, they were trophyless. Abramovich was ruthless. He, he, quit. he just sack, sacked him off. But you have to look at the difference. Abramovich has won, award, I think, around 20, 21 trophies in his two decades. And he has won two Champions League. Chelsea hasn't won a Champions League before him. Don't talk about Champions League. Chelsea hasn't won a title in 50 years before him, of course. Like what you may say, uh, you know, oil money or whatever the fans might say. I, I don't care as long as, for me, it's simple. Every club has money. You, if you look at the net spent by different clubs, United has spent a, a lot of money for this past, excuse me, for this past uh, decade or so. And look where they are. They still haven't won the title. And look at a team like Liverpool. Of course, they have spent a lot of well, but if you look at their net spend, it's nowhere as close as Manchester United, including Chelsea, to be honest. We are not, we are, we are not somewhere at the top. See, even City has spent a lot, but look at City, they have spent a lot, but they are on course to winning their fourth Premier League title in five years. So, you can't, you can't say that we've bought the league or whatever. United have the funding, they have the money, but they do not have the ideas and they do not have the people to back it up. So, that is what I feel. So, and of course, now Chelsea is in a new era. They will need new signings to bolster their squad. Chelsea are not in the position at the moment to, you know, fight for the title as we've seen. They've fallen off greatly from the start of the season until now. So, Jiva, what do you think about Chelsea? What are the changes they need to make? What are the new signings they need to make for Chelsea? What do you think? So, before that, I'm going to the fact that you said uh, Abramovich spent more money on on players, and I think it's yeah. not wrong because if you if you get if you have money and if you want to repair your club, you can. You can spend how much you want on a perfect player, so exactly. don't like uh, not like a glazer. Okay. Then another point, because uh, frequently sacking a manager whenever they they run out, uh, like they didn't win anything for one season. I think that is a good habit for me. It's like dis- disrespecting the manager, but it's good for the club. Uh, whenever a team like team goes like that. It's most probably maybe they had uh, injuries or the uh, another reason is their tactics was read by the other clubs. Like for example, it happened for the Dortmund. Uh, I think I'm, I didn't remember the season, but uh, Jurgen Klopp's last season in Dortmundshire. So on uh, and that on that year, Dortmund was very terrible in the uh, Bundesliga. They didn't win anything. I think so. And. Finally, uh, in the end of the season, Jurgen Klopp was, uh, re- I mean, re- resigned ready his uh, manager position. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, sorry. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. So, people uh, like teams in Bundesliga started to read uh, Jurgen Klopp's uh, tactics, uh, and he didn't change. He didn't change the tactics. But the players are same. The players are same for like Lewandowski, uh, Marcos Reus, and many other good players like Aubameyang. They, the players are still good, but the tactics are not good. Okay, so that for that reason, and Dortmund board didn't sack Jurgen Klopp because he made uh, he made the fallen. Uh, I mean, he completely transferred the 
Dortmund to a modern football. So they didn't. They want to respect him, so they didn't sack him. And the next, the next is about a transfer for Chelsea. Not only for Chelsea, and many team wants the good defenders nowadays. Like since uh, Manchester City, uh, Ruben Diaz and Liverpool, Benjamin Van Dijk or um, Real Madrid as like Adam Alitao or David Alaba. So every team wants a good defender. So of course Chelsea already had three, and they're going to lose two if not. I think it will happen. They're going to lose two defenders out of their three main defenders. That's the problem. So like Azpi, Kweta, and Rudiger. So for the replacement, I think uh, the perfect re- replacement will be Sevilla's defender. It's a Frenchman. Did you name his name? Uh, did you know his name? Yeah, I think you're talking about Jules Kounde, right? Ah, yeah, yeah, correct. And the another player, I mean, they've got several players like Shivan Botman or uh, uh, the replacement for like Upa Mekano, the RB Leipzig, that one guy. I is think you're talking about Yeah, yeah, correct. Yes, you're correct. So these type of players are like, uh, they are solid defenders. So like, they won't go... They won't go like uh, they won't be offensive. They will be, uh, make sure the backline is okay. So like I think these type of players will perfect for Chelsea, not only for Chelsea and also for Manchester United, who are definitely <laughs> trailing right now. So they seriously need a defender for com- for make sure their competitiveness in the upcoming years. Of course, they're going not going to play uh, Champions League for the na- next season. So maybe Europa League or Conference League. Who knows if they make of course a draw. he would hope they will go to the Conference League. Of course, I mean I would hope. <laughs> yeah, that. of course. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, me too, because I'm a Liverpool fan. They always going to the past for the past thirty, like I think uh, from nineteen ninety to uh, two thousand nineteen, they are bullying us for not winning the. Uh, Premier League, finally, like Keeley, we did that in 2022. Now they are silent, really. But still, they are mocking, uh, they are still bullying with uh, 30 trophies in one year, like that. So, hopefully, they will play in the Conference League next season. So, yeah, true. I mean, I mean, even Delhi could be a good addition to Chelsea squad and Manchester United squad as well. But you know, I wouldn't want to give any Manchester United, you know any ideas for defenders because of course my club would need the defenders I wouldn't want any competition in the transfer market I would like to get a bargain as much as possible but of course I think we of course Chelsea have an edge against Manchester United we, we have already mathematically qualified for Champions League you know it's more attractive to want to play for Chelsea uh, compared to Manchester United I mean I'm sorry Manchester United fans but that's just the reality as, as of now yeah. you can't do much about it so of course this, this also brings me down to our next thing which is basically uh, a structure of a club, you know. Uh, Abramovich and also, you know, now the new Chelsea owner, Todd Boyle, you know. They have a clear idea. Todd Boyle has a clear idea as well as... Uh, same with Thomas Tuchel when Todd Boyle told in 2019 with his LA Dodgers team that he said he wanted to create a team that nobody wants to play against. And this is the same word that Thomas Tuchel said when he arrived in Chelsea in 2021 that he said that he wants to create a team that nobody wants to play against. So I feel... I'm not trying to be biased, but I, I feel that uh, they both have a clear idea, and it's important for our ownership and uh, owner and his manager to have a clear idea of where the direction of the club wants to grow. For example, you have seen clubs like 
uh, Bayern Munich and Real Madrid, they have been on top of their game for multiple years, you know. You can say Bayern Munich are in the Bundesliga is not as competitive and all that, but they have just won the Cham- uh, Champions League in 2020. Look at PSG, they have been dominant in their league for the past, I don't know, maybe around a decade, but look at them in the Champions League. The furthest they have went, of course, it's in the final. I'm not saying reaching a final is bad, but there's a difference between Bayern Munich. When you know you talk about Bayern Munich, you know it's a big club, huge, uh, huge fan base and all that, you know. It's been run very perfectly as uh, alongside Real Madrid. Just look at Real Madrid, look at the signings. They've managed to acquire Rudiger for free, you know. Uh, and they are uh, close to agreeing for Mbappe for free as well. Just, just look at their business deals. And then look at how they have, you know, they, clubs like Real Madrid and Bayern, they know how to bounce back. Just like when Real Madrid uh, in the when in the departure of Zidane and Ronaldo, they were down for a while, but then they signed uh, Vinicius, Rodrigo. Of course, they did not perform in their first season. But look at them this season. Look at Rodrigo. He's, he saved Real Madrid in the semifinals against City, scoring two goals in the latter stages of the uh, second half. And also, look at Vinicius and how he's been helping Benzema and how Benzema has been scoring. So I feel Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, it's important for clubs like Chelsea, Liverpool, City to you know, to get to that level where you're really established I don't think they're not established. Of course, maybe Chelsea is not as much as Liverpool. Liverpool, of course, is a much bigger club, you could say. But it's important to reach the heights of Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, where you know how to handle this kind of situations. You know a rebuilding is required after every few years. You know how the perfect way it should be done. This is an opposite of United. Let's look at United. They do not know how to rebuild. They've been saying that a rebuild will be happening, a rebuild will be happening. It's been a decade. So I feel this is the difference between... a a team like Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and in contrast to a team like Manchester United, of course, I'm not saying Manchester United is not a big team. Of course, Manchester United is a big team. They, of course, they are by far a bigger team than Chelsea. I'm not saying Chelsea is a bigger team than United. Of course, if you look at the Premier League in the past few years, of course, Chelsea will be performing better. But if you look at a club as a huge, uh, whole, of course, United is a bigger club. But if you look at the results for the past decade, you know, United are falling down. You know, I feel they're reaching a period in Liverpool after the 1990s, but Liverpool just fell down for almost 30 years before they won back the title. United could seriously be falling into that deep hole as well if they do not address things fast with Eric Ten Hag or whoever comes next. What do you think, Eva? So as you said that, uh, Thomas Tuchel uh, and uh, uh, future manage- manager of uh, Chelsea shared the same word, which is we are going to transform our team into the unbeatable. And... I think yeah, it's it's true. Okay, of course everyone is not perfect, but at least you need to have the mentality. If you need to have the mentality, then you can achieve uh, anything big. So like you did you like you say that Madrid and and Bayern Munich, they love to transfer. Like they are they always like this one tradition actually followed by uh, Bayern Munich. They are very clever. They are. They are most of the transfers are free agent. Did you did you notice that? Many of the transfers are free yes, agent. Yes, yeah, you're, you're like, actually right. Yeah, I've just yeah. Yeah, like Rob Lewandowski, is a great player right now. I think uh, he should win the twenty twenty Ballon d'Or also. But he is a free agent from Dortmund to Bayern Munich. Like they buy a player from a Bundesliga. We cannot say that Bundesliga is not competitive. Most of the players who play for Bayern Munich are actually from Bundesliga. And they just marketing around the league. Okay, Same goes to Real Madrid. Yes, of course, Real Madrid is actually run by the I mean, Madrid 
I mean Madrid people. So I think Paris is actually a Madrid Madrid person, not an American or uh, Saudi. Uh, I mean Arabian countries. Uh, and and he knows. He he. I mean, he ruling the Real Madrid for so many years, and he know what what he need to know, what he he need to do to rebuild the Real Madrid. Yes, of course. They lost a great player, one of the god. I mean, god uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and also Zidane, who won three consecutive UCLs. And they they lose them, they lost them, and they find a perfect replacement for them. Yes, of course, Vinicius is not at Ronaldo's level. His age or his age factor, of course, Ronaldo in Real Madrid, Ronaldo was in is is prime. But Vinicius is now only started, so he needs some time as well as for Rodrigo. So, and also their academics. Bayern Munich and uh, I think Chelsea, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, all of them as a good youth players. Of course, Manchester United also have, but I don't know why they don't want to give chance for them. And I think that's all. And yeah. True, true. I mean, what you say is obviously makes a lot of sense as well. And you know, the utilization of uh, youth academy is very important, as you've seen with likes of Chelsea, how they have used Reece James, Mason Mount, Chalaba. Look at Tammy Abraham. It's all the academy players. You know, it's important to integrate your academy players into your first team as well. You know, so I feel you can, you, you cannot use to your team. Also, you can still sell in sell them for a good price, so you can earn money from that and. Use that yeah, money true. for that. Re- yeah. yeah, you can reinvest it back to your team. Yes, I yeah, agree. Like they, like Chelsea sold the Abraham for how many million? I think it was around 20, 30. I mean, it's not a huge sum uh, of money, but. Uh, yeah, it's but still, still, still huge. Yeah. For a player like Abraham, it's huge. Yeah. I'm sorry if I've gotten the facts for Abraham's transfer a bit wrong. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I think I'm mistaken, but if I'm not mistaken. Mistaken, it should be around the region of 30 to 40 million. So I feel yeah. maybe at this point we have reached our end of our discussion of football talk at the moment. So sorry if we've insulted any Manchester United fans or if we hurt your feelings. <laughs> we've been speaking just, uh, just facts. On, yeah, I mean it, it could be just facts, but you know, of course we just hope United end up in the conference league, you know. If possible, <laughs> don't don't qualify for Europe, but we know that's not possible. It's mathematically impossible at the moment. Yeah. But yeah. All right, they so, are qualified. They qualify for the European games, but either we don't know it's Europa League or Conference League. That's all. I mean, but, we would hope it would be the Conference League, but yeah, <laughs> it's not up to us, would it be? All right, mm-hmm. so I think that's all for us. Thank you for your time. So now I think Jiva, you, before we end our podcast for now, we would also like to talk about our next podcast. Jiva, would you like to give them a hint about our next episode? Mm, next episode is about music. The people who love music. You can attend the next. Uh, I mean, not only the person who loves music, almost everyone. You can attend the next podcast. So it's basically about music. We won't reveal the title yet. So hopefully, you guys will enjoy it. True. Hopefully, you all have enjoyed our podcast for today. Uh, for, uh podcast. Uh, hosted by me and Jiva. Sorry if. Uh, from bottom of our hearts, if we've made any errors or honestly, if you've hurt anyone's feelings or whatever, okay. we've tried our best. Sorry Hopefully for ro- enjoyed our podcast. Yes. Sorry for and... roast the uh, matches and other times. We didn't have. 
we didn't get the points so that's why we chose manchester united it's a perfect example don't worry yeah i mean is united has been a perfect example but as we said yeah. hopefully you have enjoyed our talk and of course so i will end our podcast by giving our date for our next podcast as jiva mentioned earlier we won't mention our title but the next podcast will be hosted on the 27th of may so you guys should stay tuned and as we've mentioned earlier in the introduction keep your dates free on your calendar and do stay tuned and join us that's all from me and jiva today thank you guys bye bye thank you bye